This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back with episode, is it five? Have we, we've hit five, haven't we? Episode five of the Real EFL podcast. I like how I jumped in to do the intro because we didn't dis- like discuss who was going to do the intro this week before the music started. But this week, we've got a bit different, a little bit different. We don't have a producer because Hannah couldn't be here tonight. Um, she's got other things on. She's devastated. But we're going to make do with it um, because producer Gary's stepping up into Hannah's role. Now, I asked producer Gary to wear a blonde wig just so it'd feel familiar, and he's let me down. I know you guys can't see it, but hopefully there'll be an outtake or a TikTok that you can. Producer Gary, now host or co-host Gary, welcome. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, unfortunately, I was all out of blonde wigs tonight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, you'll, you'll just have to make do with a, a nice closely cropped ginger mop this evening, I'm afraid. You're not out of red books on shelves behind you, are we? For anyone who obviously you can't see it, Gary has about 97 red and maroon books on a shelf behind it what what are they the program binders program bind- oh we'll have to so, do a summit about your programs then so up there you've got uh, every lincoln city home program from uh, 1962 to about 1995 and then all the rest are in the filing cabinet behind me so Wow. Well, you know what? We can do an episode where we go through like special ones of big games. Maybe you could pick some out. That'd be good because I I had an uncle who passed last year and when we went through his loft, he was a big Arsenal fan and we found programmes from not just Arsenal, but from rugby, massive rugby games. I've got a World Cup final programme from 66 in my, in my cellar here. And I think, you know, it's amazing. Like, you don't think anything at the time, you know, you just go into an event, you pick up a program because it's there and then you end up with this, this thing years later where you look and you go, wow, that's actually huge. It was a massive event. So I think we could all do some, we should all bring some at one week that's holds, holds a memorial, memorial, a memorable thing. Memorable. Well, I've, I've actually got several hundred other programs as well. It's a little bit of an issue between me and my um, wife, as she is now. It's your wife uh, now. From yeah. two weeks ago, yeah, a week ago. Uh, so I've got, yeah, cup final programs and England programs, and um, I can't resist a program, unfortunately. And it breaks my heart that the program is dying. Um, Lincoln City yeah. next season haven't confirmed it yet, but likely not to be producing a program anymore. Um, and, I, and I the thing is that this season as well. We, we stopped last season. We haven't had one all year. And it's like you just said... It's the looking back later. 
So it's not the buying it at first, because like if I buy a Lincoln program now, I don't read it because I know what's in it. I know what's happening because I've got the internet. But mm -hmm. 10 years time, 20 years time, you, you don't have that thrill of, you know, pulling it out and going, bloody hell, I remember this. You know, York away in 1993, Jason Lee tripped over the ball. I was throwing polos at dad's boss which I was half sucked polos three rows down on my dad's boss's head. I was only 15, by the way. I wasn't a grown man in 1993 or anything like that. But um, And the program's there and you get it and you remember buying it. And yeah, yeah that's all dying. Maybe I'm showing my age though there. No, no, because I'm the same. Uh, if you were 15 in 93, was, so you're 10 years older than me and I, I'm the same. And it's like there's there's little things and there's games that you, you remember back. I've got the, the cup final we went 10, 10 years ago. Um, and every now and again, I just get it out and have a look at it. And it's like, you don't think at the time that it, those players really... And I mean, obviously, we knew at the time they'd done something really special, but there's so many of them that I'd forgotten. Um, yeah. And it was when I was actually writing an article, a Where Are They Now article, and I went through and I had a look, and I was like, I forgot. Blair Turgut played for us from on loan from West Ham, and it's like, you forget what an impact that these players kind of had. It's, it, I do love to go back and read them, and I've read a lot of my uncles, and there's Arsenal games from, you know, 19... I think in the early 50s and it's a shame to see them dying out but hopefully there's an alternative here's a little trick which anybody who's a stato may well appreciate um, so I love not just reading about the old I like looking at the old pictures as well you know like flicking through and it shows yeah. you that we loaned a player called Gary Powell from Everton back in the 90s and I, you know flicking through bloody hell Gary Powell's a picture of him but a really good thing is to find a club that you played and then buy their home program from the week or two after because they often Ooh. put their pictures and their pictures that a lot of the time as a fan you won't have seen because there were only yeah. specific club ones. So um, I'm trying to make that a thing so that I can tell my wife um, that it's a, <laughs> it's an actual trend that people... It's do. a justified thing. You're yeah, justifying yeah. it. Well, the, the thing is, a couple of years ago, uh, Lincoln City had, a, they had this huge, great big container at the ground and it was full of what they termed to be crap. And they said, oh, if there's any programs, you can come around, you can take them. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. So I went in there. You should have seen it. It was a gold mine. It was boxes. And I'm talking huge boxes just full of photographs. Yeah, I got all them. Uh, I got all the programs. I got all manner of stuff. They said, you just can't take anything with personal details on it. There was player contracts in there from 1976 and stuff like that. I didn't take those. But I've now got these, these big plastic container boxes with the lids that you get in B&Q for like 15 quid each. Three yeah. of them photos, just full of match photos going back of probably starting in about 2003, because obviously after, or be ending in 2003, because after that it was all digital. Yeah. Um, going back to, yeah, the, the 80s. Wow. So there's going to be a Lincoln City Museum in your house one day, then essentially. Isn't it? You, you, that's, that's, that's your justification for your wife. Just say you're preserving your house. It'll never be knocked down because it will be, it'll become, they just won't be able to touch it. It'll, no, it'll well, be protected. I built, I built a bar in the garden to store all this stuff in. And then, I mean, I put a pool table and stuff in it. And the wall there is just covered in Lincoln. And I haven't even got any of the photos on it. I just, yeah. You could, you could sell tickets for people to come around and have a look. Oh, some some people some people might derm, derm deem it as a mild mental illness. Maybe. But do you know what? We all have them and we all deal with them in our own ways. And, you know, Indeed. if collecting if collecting photos... Uh, and you know memorabilia from your club is the way to deal with it. Then that is the best way you can. I think that's well, incredible. I once fished out Jeff Hughes's Northern Ireland Under Twenty One call up from a bin <laughs> underneath a banana skin um, and put that in my collection. It's down here in a little folder. 
I've got a football from I think 2003 where Bradford played. Uh, I can't remember. I think they played Watford. In fact, it was 2004, maybe five. Uh, we played Watford on a Tuesday night, and uh, ball got launched over the stand. And I was with my dad, and my dad wanted to leave early to get obviously beat parking. It's one of the only times I've left a game early. And as we went out, it was wedged under our car. I was like, oh, so I've got the ball. I'm like, yes. Nice. At the time, again, I'm just like, I'm going away with the ball. This is great. And now you look back and you're like, wow, this is, yeah. But look, we could do a full episode on that. We say this every week. <laughs> but we, we might as well stay on Lincoln because this week's going to be centred around League One a little bit more. We're going to obviously come to League Two because we're covering it all. But there's clubs in League One that have been doing stuff that we haven't touched on. And that's why we're glad you're here because League One ain't my bag. I'm going to let you run League One. So I'm going to hand the reins over metaphorically, and let you run with League One. Um, you start with Lincoln if you want. Okay, uh, well, just before I do, I just want people to understand, I, I, you know, I'm not just Lincoln. I've kind of obviously written for the Real EFL, created the Real EFL, written for Football League World and stuff like that. So, you know, I've kind of studied League One um, mm-hmm. as a as a neutral as well. I may say things like, I'm fearful for, or um, yeah, I quite like such and such. I don't, I don't care about any other team in a positive or negative way. But it's the language that I'll use as a pundit, as a Lincoln City <laughs> fan. Balls to all of them. Um, so I wanted to start. I, th- I think we'll start and again. Liam, do chime in as well. I-, I wanted to talk about the teams that I think will be not dead certs for promotion because no one's a dead cert, but the teams that I think will be this year's Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich, the ones that people are looking at and going, they'll be up there. And by the end of the season, they'll be up there. And I'm going to start with a team who I absolutely 100% do not like, um, but I also 100% think will do very well, uh, and that is Bolton Wanderers. Why Um, don't you like them? Because I'm not going to swear on here. Uh, because you did it's... last week, we got we got we got did I? about. I think I, no, I don't know if you swore. You said something offensive about Steve Evans. <laughs> oh right. yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. That's that's different. Steve Evans is a, it was was convicted of or whatever it was, wasn't he? I, I, not convicted. At, at Bradford. At Bradford. Yeah. No, he was convicted. He was found guilty. Was he? What did he do at Bradford? Uh, it was indecent exposure, I believe it was. Um, was it? The story is that, and obviously this is, the story's never been confirmed, but the alleged story is that after there was a game, he was Crawley manager full-time. They, I think Crawley won 2-1, and there was an 11-man brawl on the pitch, and it, it was bad. Like, And I'm not talking, you see in football when they talk about brawls, it's just pushing and shoving and a bit of short grabbing. No, this was punches thrown, and I'm talking full. It was a scrap. Um, but, but essentially... Uh, Steve Evans had said to his lads to get on there um, and, and cause a problem. That was that was allegedly, like I said. But afterwards, in the outside the dressing rooms, there's like a little corridor bit, and there was a female member of staff, a club secretary. I know her quite well. Or I knew her quite well back then. I spoke to her in a while. But he uh, allegedly got the little man out and helicoptered it uh, in front of her. <laughs> well, I don't think he could, but she did. <laughs> and then uh, it was... I, I think he was arrested for it, or he was cautioned, and I believe he got fined. He moved on to Rotherham, and when he was at Rotherham, he got fined, and he got all his punishment. He never appealed it, so for me, him never appealing it is is admitting, you know, I, it's basically, you know, he's I've done it, we move on, and we did move on, and you know, he's done amazing things at Stevenage, but that will always be a, a dark cloud for Bradford fans. Some Bradford fans don't care, which, you know, that's their prerogative. I despise the man going all the way back to 2001 when he's given illegal payments to players when he was at Boston and got them promoted out of the division, banned from football, came back, 
backup boss. He's just a just a man that I have no time for at all. Um, and, and but I don't know how we've gone from Bolton to Steve Evans, but Ian Everett for me is a <laughs> character who doesn't have the convictions. Probably likes to keep his Johnson in his trousers, but at the same time, um, he's not a man I like. But that's I dislike him out of a respect because I think he's done a phenomenal job uh, at Barra. And I think he's done mm-hmm. a really good job at Bolton. Yeah. Um, he's found a sweet spot at Bolton between having good players that play nice football and being a bunch of hard, nasty, compact, organised, awful one, one for all. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that at times at clubs, and it really is the absolute perfect blend. I think they were unlucky not to go up mm-hmm. this season um, via the playoffs. Uh, they had the second lowest average age, I think, in the division last season, behind Lincoln, dare I say. Uh, they've got players like Dion Charles. They've got Adebayo, uh, Kieran Sadlier, uh, Randall Williams, who's a fantastic player. I really, really like Randall Williams. They're consistent. Yeah. Uh, I just think, I think that that's the sort of blend, more so than Barnsley. I think that's the sort of blend that we'll see Bolton Wanderers, in my opinion, challenging for the top two. Do you think, um, so obviously Hannah can't be here, but Hannah made a lot of notes on League One things, which is why I was a bit gutted she couldn't be here because she could have gone through these herself. But on Bolton, she spoke about Ian Everton. I know that she went to the playoff games and she went to a few Bolton games over the season and, and kind of gauged what fans think. He's got a lot of fan support. It, it's yeah. quite, it seems quite unanimous. The fans have really taken to him. But the one thing that she said is that they're most likely going to have to look towards the loan market this summer. As a, as, as a big thing, which is the Premier League loan market, Premier League clubs, rather than their academy structure, because it doesn't, from what I'm being told, it, it doesn't seem that the academy is that strong at the minute. And if they're wanting to progress, then they don't want to get into financial problems by spending big. So the loan market probably is going to be used quite well, um, maybe quite a lot by them this summer. Geographically, they're in the right place for it as well. Yeah. Because if you're a Manchester City or a Manchester United and you want to loan your young player out, where does he go? Does he go to Bolton Wanderers playing in a fantastic stadium in front of however many fans? Or yeah. does he go to, I mean, I know they've been relegated now, but Accrington, Morecambe, Fleetwood. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. And it's Ian Everett, it's to Bolton, in my opinion, what Danny Cowley was to Lincoln. Yeah. We love them. works, doesn't it? Yeah, everyone else hates him. I don't like Ian Everett. When he comes out and speaks in press conferences, I just look at him and I think, you... <laughs> but he's not Steve Evans. It's not that he's a vile character, particularly. So, Bolton Wanderers, absolute uh, promotion candidates. And bear in mind, all of this is before any players have signed. So, all of this is before um, anybody's, anybody's moved on. There's nobody you look at and go, they've done good business. This is just based on the fact that the nucleus of their team has stayed together as well. Um, the second team I want to pick up on is a little bit different actually to that because a majority or a nucleus of their team have moved on and that's Derby County. Um, so Derby obviously have lost Richard Stearman, Curtis Davis, James Chester, David McGoldrick. So they've got some, some changes to make. Bear in mind that they had the third lowest XG against in the division last season. Mm-hmm. So defensively, they were very sound. They've got to try and replicate that. Um, but it, the, the, the key here for me is Paul Warren. Because Paul Warren has proven season after season um, that he can get teams out of this division. Rotherham are not a big football club. If Rotherham fans are listening to this, first of all, why are you listening to a League One podcast? But secondly, you're not a big club. Rotherham, Doncaster, Lincoln, Cambridge, Port Vale, Bristol Rovers. Bradford's bigger than all of us. I'm not just sucking up to you. 
teams that all those teams I've just mentioned to you are teams that could get somewhere between six thousand and ten thousand, depending on where they are, yeah. where they're playing, and that sort of thing. Paul Warren got them consistently out of the division. Mm-hmm. So to put him in Derby County, a club that should be battling for the Premier League, not to get back into the Championship, um, I just think now he's got a full season there. Yeah. I actually think Derby will win the league. And that's before they do any business. Because any team in League One goes for a player and Derby goes for him as well. That player signs for Derby County. Pick who yeah. they want. Even Fleetwood. Fleetwood with a six, eight, ten grand a week or whatever they want to pay stupid money to play in an empty stadium. Derby yeah. pay half. Go come and play at Pride Park, and that's it's interesting. Like you say, that you mentioned Bradford in terms of size to the other clubs and things. We were the same this summer. Um, I spoke to several clubs at a League Two level that said they were trying for players in the summer. The second Bradford came along, even if they offered less, players were players want to go there because you, we, you know, we ended the season sold out. Of the stadiums twenty two and a half thousand because obviously the way the blocks have to be split up and the 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 tarp that separates home and away fans, we lose about 2,000 seats. 22,500, who's not going to want to play at that at a League Two level? For a lot of those players, and this isn't disrespectful to them because there are players that are going to go on and play at higher levels, but for a lot of them, that's the pinnacle. They're never going to play at a higher level. A lot of them will never make a Johnson's Paint or Papa John's Trophy final. They won't make a cup final. They won't go to a League One club, you know, where but they, well, they may do, but like you say, the Fleetwood, uh, an Exeter, a smaller club. Um, and the the other thing, the other side of it was that even if players were not necessarily wanting to come because of the fans or just because of the fans and because of the stadium, Bradford had the funds, so they were blowing them out of the water. So, so Derby have got that; they've got the size of the club to fall on. But if that doesn't work, they'll just fall, they'll just fire money at it and. You know, it, look, it does work. Not always. Let's be honest. It does it doesn't always. Wrexham have taken three years of throwing money at it to get it right, and even <laughs> and even then, they almost dropped it as well. Yeah. You know, they had all the funds. They, you know, essentially the the Disney FC. Let's be honest. I'm going to call them that Disney FC this season. Um, but they still limped over the line because Notts County were there and ready to go. Um, I think it'd have been a hell of a boring season across the the whole thing if if they just walked it and I don't like clubs essentially walking that's why I'm glad like Forest Green your friends last season 17 mm-hmm. points clear still dropped the soap and came in at the very very end um, yeah. limped over the line so yeah no sorry it's just it's interesting that you say that about a club like Derby because I can kind of see the parallels there yeah I, I, I can as well and do you know what if Bradford were in our division there's no chance Lincoln would have signed Paulie O'Connor last season so the step up in mm-hmm. the step upper level is a big enough draw, but when yeah. you're all fishing in the same pool, it's really hard. If we were to go for a team for, for a player at the same time as Derby, okay, McGoldrick's different, by the way. I know that they were in trying to re-engage him, but um, you know they're going to be a draw. I went to Pride Park last season, and look, Amazing, I'm not going to say, "Oh, it's awesome," because it, the thing is, it's one of the it was the first identical stadium. I went there yes. for an England under twenty one game. Uh, in fact, I went there to watch them play Bradford City in the Premier League, and I remember thinking, this is soulless. You was it one mil? I think so. Did you have a player called Andy Byers? And he was sent and, off. Andy Myers. And, uh, Myers. Andy Myers, yeah. yeah. I think he got sent off quite a bit. He had a, he, uh, Or if he didn't get sent off, he got booked very, very often. He had a bit of a short fuse. Um, yes. But um, yeah, no. It's, I, I get what you said. I don't think it... I said it's, a, it's an amazing stadium. For League One, it's an amazing stadium. Yeah. It? Like, that's, it's context, isn't it? What we said was... It, it was soulless then. When I went the other week, or a couple of weeks, February 14th, actually, Valentine's Day, we got a draw. We should have won. We had a man sent off. Anyway, um, 
they've made it personal. It didn't feel like the soulless bowl anymore. They've got there's something there. They are a, a big football club. They're a, they're a decent football club. They're not a football club that people passionately dislike, and they would be mismanaged in that kind of horrible jungle that is the championship, which is full of pitfalls. But they've got proper support behind them. In Paul Warren, they've got a proper manager. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, here's a shot. I like Paul Warren, and he once split my lip. So that kind of tells you everything. Mascot oh. thing. He was playing oh, for right. Yeah, no, 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 no. He didn't hit me. That was Barry Conlon nearly hit me, by the way, once. He yes, gonna... I've, I've heard that's, yeah. that's a story we've got to discuss another that's time. A story because we'll discuss another yes, time. we've got that. That's a belting story. Um, but yeah, so Paul Warren, really, really like Paul Warren as a person and as a manager. Um, if Lincoln finish first next season, I want Derby second. Uh, and if yeah. we have to finish second, I'd happily have Derby County first. They're the only team that you don't mind losing out to if you're going to lose out. Yeah, there were a couple that I kind of I don't. I never have a fondness for anyone in our division. If Bradford mm. are in our division, don't like them. In League Two, I look down. Want Bradford to win it because of yeah. the connections between. We've the got two a huge clubs. connection between us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so um, there's also Plymouth last season. Plymouth mm-hmm. came from nowhere, won the division. Yeah. I think there's a Plymouth lurking in the division this season, uh, and Who that's Oxford. That is? That's Oxford United. Oh, well, Swindon fans have just absolutely deleted the Spotify app off their phones. They are done with the unfollowed the really felt Ryan's <laughs> going to have no viewers for the next month. Why Why Oxford? What makes you think um, that? Because they, they were down there this season. There are multiple reasons. First, I'll draw on personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, they were one of the best clubs to come to Lincoln post-Christmas, even though we beat them. Okay. Really good team. Um, they had the fourth most shots in League One last season, but they still finished relatively low down. Mm-hmm. They had the fourth lowest XG against last season. Okay. So what you've got here is a team that I think were wasteful in front of goal. Yeah. Um, they probably conceded more than they should have done, but they were on the right track. Mm-hmm. Remember a couple of years ago, I used this XG something that you either love or you hate. And a couple of years ago, I remember Plymouth nearly getting promoted out of League One. Lincoln, but I think we were League Two at the time. Uh, yeah. They had uh, Graham Carey playing from um, great player. But people were telling me XG that their XG was low. Next season, they're relegated. It does make a difference. It does even itself out. It, it does. Um, XG just always. I, I feel that some clubs focus on it too much. Um, Crawley were a perfect example this season and uh, you know everyone who knows who I am knows that I have a I had a relationship with their owners um, we were quite close we spoke a lot and I, I spoke to him well Preston who I didn't speak to Evan as much about it but Preston I spoke to him and said you, you are so focused on XG but you have the lowest XG in the EFL you are the only ones who focus solely on stats and you have the worst stats you need to focus elsewhere you know, it doesn't matter if it was the, the thing that got me was Lewis Young. They sacked Lewis Young because he had a poor last 30 minutes. It, they were getting pelted in terms of shots against in the last 30 minutes. But he won 11 points out of six games, which was the best run they had all season. And I, I just remember saying, like, you, you're looking in the wrong place. Like, you can fix that, but you yeah. don't sack if the results are coming in. And there are clubs that are focusing on the wrong thing. And the, the thing with Oxford is. They averaged uh, 1.2 goals against them this season in a game. That's for a team down there. That's not a lot. No, 
It's not a lot. They're they're a decent side. They've mm. got. I think it depends who you ask, but they've got a good manager from two years ago mm-hmm. when he put MK Doms within you know a whisker of the championship, or a bad manager from last season. I think MK Doms is a toxic team. I think Oxford are going to experience the post Carl Robinson bloom. I think Carl Robinson was restrictive at Oxford. Mm-hmm. I think that they have had the players capable of finishing in the top six every season that Lincoln City have been in League One with them, that I've seen them. Cameron Brannigan, probably the best central midfielder, outside of Ethan Rahan at Lincoln, of course, um, in League One. They've got Elliot Moore. They've got Steve Seddon, a player that I really like, who I think was at Wimbledon on loan. They've got James Henry, who's been there you know, time, many years. They've got Marcus McGuane. I think he was the boy that was at Barcelona. Really soft feet, really nice footballer. Um, you know, I've got Marcus Brown, who was, I think was at West Ham and Middles. You know, it keeps coming on more and more um, reasons to, to like them. What they didn't have last season when they came to us was a goal scorer. They'd loaned Matty Taylor out, who got their goals. He was the focal point. He was the horrible bugger up front. If they sign a decent striker, Oxford United, for me, are serious top six potential team. Yeah. Like I say, I'm not too well-versed on the situation. I just look at the... And, and there is always a team that makes that step. Always, always a team that is that dark horse. Last year for us, Stevenage, I, we called yeah. it in preseason. We picked them and look what happened. And someone's going to do it. Um, I'd like to see it be Oxford. I, I do. I, I've got no issues with it being Oxford. I think it'd be an amazing story to see Oxford push on this season. So I'll, I'll take it. Let's do it. Like, we'll, we'll remember this. Uh, let's, let's do it. When they're so relegated gonna, in May. I am going to pick one other dark horse. Look, I've not mentioned Barnsley. Apologies to Barnsley fans. I think you'll do all right. Um, but you know, my, my two front runners are Bolton and Derby. You could be third. Um, and then outside of that, I've gone for Oxford. I'm also going to go for a surprise team. I'm going to go for Charlton Athletic. Okay. Okay. Now, there's a reason I'm going to go for Charlton Athletic. Um, their XG against was poor. By the way, it was the third worst in the division, so they should, should have conceded many more goals. Um, they were erratic. I think they uh, they they sacked their manager halfway through the season, and it all turned around. Now, I think uh, I think they've got a good manager now. There, I think that they were building well. They ended up finishing tenth. They're another big club. I think the last twelve games they won six. Now, if you play forty six games a season and you win twenty three, you're going to be in the top six. Because you're going to be, what, 69, 70 points. You're going to pick up some draws in the other games. You're going to be in the top six. Mm-hmm. I think that they can be there. They've got um, good football players there in the middle of the park in George Dobson. Steve Fraser, who's a great midfielder. Um, Colin McGraw last season was at Cambridge. But I think I think he's another one that could do well. He could do well there. Miles Lieber, an exciting young striker. And I just feel there's an evolution coming. At some point, Charlton Athletic are going to kick on. They're not going to be lower kind of mid-table League One side. They're just not. It, it, you know, it, it's not going to happen. I think it could well be this season. I don't think they're automatic promotion candidates. But I can see them finishing um, around the top six. That that was my question about both of these dark horses. Like Because for me... When we picked out Stevenage last year as the dark horse, we didn't mean Stevenage were going to be finishing the autos. We just meant that they were going to be, they were going to really surprise people. So, obviously, Charlton in and around the playoff places, where would you put, where would you place Oxford? Like, what would you say is a is a dark horse season for them based on what they've done this season? 
based on what they've done this season for Oxford, it's got to be top six. I'm going to place them fourth or fifth. Um, for Charlton, I think it could just be outside the top six, you know, because there's going to be other teams knocking around. Reading coming down are going to do well. Blackpool, you'd figure, might do well. Mm-hmm. Portsmouth, Wickham will be knocking on the door there. Barnsley, I've already mentioned as well. Not everybody can do well. I just think that Oxford and Charlton are two teams that Lincoln fans will look at and go, we should be finishing above them. Um yeah based on how we've done against them and based on, you know, they haven't been, none of these teams have made signings yet, by the way. So it's all conjecture and it could change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I like the look of Charlton. And again, just as a disclaimer, when I say that, I don't, I don't care about Charlton, um, but I like the look of what they were doing in turn from a, from a kind of a, a pundit's view. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That's fine. Fine by me. Very good. <laughs> Should we look Very... at the bottom of the table? Yes. Come on, tell us, tell us who's going down. Who's going to join us in League Two next season? Because I'm not banking on promotion for me. Well, it goes without saying, Wigan Athletic. Yes, I don't want to go into it too much. We covered them last last week. Their yeah. problems deepen. I think there will be more points deduction. It's if they even make the season. So, yeah. Um, what I did say about Wigan, I wonder if it could be the best thing that happens to Wigan. Bolton Wanderers a couple of years ago came down, they had the big points deduction, players left because they weren't getting paid, they walked away, they ripped up their contract, they ended up playing the kids for a portion of the season, they went down, I put on Twitter they went down with a whimper, that might have been harsh, but they went, John Akindi scored twice from open play against them, so that's all you need to know about how kind of good they were, but they used it, they picked up the best manager in out the National League, why? Because they were the biggest club in League Two, and they could do that. They were the Bradford, they were the Derby that we've already talked about. That's what Bolton were. Wigan dropped themselves down into League Two, lose some of their big earners because people are saying, Oh, they've got good players on big money. No good. You've got if you get rid of those big players on big money, play the kids, get relegated, go into League Two, you're the big fish, start rebuilding. I think they cut in America, don't they call it tanking in the NFL and stuff like that, where you deliberately fail in order to get a better draft pick. Yes, yeah, you can do, and you were. Uh, it's yeah, I, it's. Uh, I can't. Remember. I don't know if it's called tanking, but yeah, it is what they do. Like they, if they don't want the first draft pick and they're in line for it, they'll throw it so that they actually get the second because they know that the second pick is the better pick. Yeah, um, it's which is utterly bizarre. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is utterly bizarre. But I think that I don't think that's what Wigan's owners are doing right now. But I think that Wigan fans, if you've got anything to cling on to, you could look at that. And the thing, the worst thing is, of course, they were here two seasons ago. Yeah, without the points deduction and they were struggling and they just stayed up and then it all went the same way. Oh, one thing I will say is there weren't very many Wigan fans saying, um, moaning about their owners when they were outspending everybody and winning League One a couple of years ago. Football's fickle. And and that's, you know, I wouldn't, and, you know, and I don't think that for one second, you know, Barry was very grounded about it last, last season, but it's really, really easy, I think, to to take the highs and criticise the lows without asking questions about the highs. You well, this is look at Doncaster. Yeah, Doncaster a month ago, all their fans wanted their board out. They were, they were doing protests at the games towards the end of the season. People were absolutely kicking and screaming, and the board came out and said that they will have a substantial budget for the transfer window. They brought Grant McCann back. That for me is the first sign that there wasn't a problem at board level when Grant McCann left last time. Because why would he come back? Play, you know, if you had a problem with the board, you wouldn't go back and work under them. Yeah. Um. Then you look at the transfers that they've done so far this summer and you look and you go, that to me is a substantial budget. As far as calling for the board out, it's 
it's not there right now. I mean, there's still a few that are quite stubborn, but it's silent. People, you can't fault it. And again, it is. It's all about fickle. You can have a bad couple of seasons. Some poor decisions can put you on the, the wrong trajectory. But one good summer can turn everything around. And look, the window's not even open yet. And that's yeah. that's the thing. The window's not even open yet. And Doncaster fans are talking about winning the league. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, I think that that's a it's a disease in football. Unfortunately, is is overconfidence, mm-hmm. and and we're here talking about who we think will do well and won't do well, and we haven't seen any signings yet at all. And for <laughs> all we know, I'm here telling you, I'm going to pick um, a team in a minute who I think will struggle. And for all we know, you know that will come out, they'll sign three or four players from the Premier League on loan, and they'll absolutely smash it, and they'll be the next Plymouth. Last year, everyone was calling MK Dons as title challengers, and look what happened to them. Um, yeah. My my thing about supporters is more at clubs where you know, not just they haven't done well, but where there have been non-payment, where there have been um, uh, kind of administration and that sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. and then when they suddenly start spending, no one goes, well, hang on, one year ago this was happening and now we've got all this. You know, There's never that too good to be true. But yeah, my team yeah. that I think are going to uh, – my, my strugglers, I'm going to go uh, with Shrewsbury Town. Uh, and I'm going to go with Shrewsbury, who finished, I think, a little, like 12th, possibly 13th. They were, I think they were just 12th. around us. Yeah, 12th, they were yeah. one place below us. Um, they didn't impress me, and they haven't impressed me in an attacking sense the whole time that we've had to play them. And I say had to play them because um, the the style of football that Steve Cottrell um, made them play or had them play in was very kind of unattractive football, lots of nil-nils, lots of one-nils, but it was effective. Mm-hmm. And as a Lincoln fan, I cannot sit here and, and criticise that when I've lived through, you know, some of the Cowley games were, were quite tough, and I love Dan and Nick. But I can't say, you know, I'd be, I'm not, I'm not pot kettle, I'm not a hypocrite. I lived through Peter Taylor at Bradford. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I witnessed the worst of the worst. when it came. I mean, even, look, even so, Phil Parkinson. Yeah. Bill Parkinson, Phil Parkinson is a classic. Yeah, was not attractive football, but but it worked. I mean, and this is the thing: we came up against Premier League clubs who didn't play against teams that do that and couldn't handle it. It is so effective when done right. There's teams that try and do it and are absolutely terrible at it. Um, it but it's such a fine line, isn't it, between getting it right and wrong? And if you get it right, it's you get the yeah. result. It's boring. Look, I'll be honest. I I, I can't. Aside from those cup games, I can't remember a Phil Parkinson league game where I was like, this is awesome. Like, I can't name one off the top of my head. It would take me a long time. Um, I can name more from Mark Hughes last season, and that shows, and that wasn't as successful. So, yeah. yeah. Success doesn't always look how fans think it's going to look. No. It's not always 4-5-0 wins. It's not always 24-move passing moves. Steve Cottrell brought success to Shrewsbury. Mm-hmm. And if you get grounded Shrewsbury fans and ask them, they'll say the same thing. He's gone. Now, I think there's a real concern there. They had the third third lowest XG in the division last season anyway, so they were struggling to create chances. Daniel, To be fair, Daniel Ludo was out for the season. He, he was a, a kind of a bit of a handful. I quite liked him. Ryan Bowman up top, not a player I've ever been impressed with, particularly. They've lost Elliot Bennett, I think, who was the, the, Black, the former Blackburn lad. I really liked mm-hmm. him. Uh, I'm not sure if they've got a new manager at the moment. My research didn't extend to that, but last I heard, they were after Paul Hurst. For me, that's you know that's trying to go back and claim something that was once good, but you know, probably not now. You know, like when you go back to an ex two or three years later, and she's just yeah. a little bit 
you know, it it it, it sounds like a great idea, but actually mm-hmm. in practice it's not. Um, I worry for Shrewsbury. I worry for the new setup. I worry for the way that Steve Cottrell was treated. I worry for the supporters' relationship with the club. Um, and so they will probably now finish third and go to via uh, the playoffs. Knowing my luck, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, trust me, I, I predicted Carlisle to get relegated last season. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and well, they went and knocked my team out of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually, I, I will come on to two other teams. Um, but of all the teams that have come up, I would actually predict Carlisle to be the ones to go down this season. Yeah. Uh, no. I think I think Stevenage will stay up by fighting it, by and, scrapping. Uh, Stevenage have lost their if you literally listed their players out from best to worst, I would say the top out of the top five, three or four of them have gone. Didn't that um, happen with Cambridge a couple of years ago? And they stayed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, but it happened it's, with Morecambe and they stayed up in their first season, I think. Yeah, but but here's something as well to consider. Steve Evans is a good manager at getting promoted, but he has a ceiling and he's had it at every club. Once he gets them promoted, he runs out of ideas. Has he been relegated from League One? Uh, I don't know if he's been relegated from League One, to be honest. But I'll let you check I don't, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll see the season out. Now, now that would be different. Yes, I think Steve Evans knows exactly what it takes to get the results in the games that he needs to get the results in. And again, we're talking about the Phil Parkinson. We're talking about not even talking about the Danny Cowley, to be honest, because we played a little bit of football. We are just talking about the out and out anti football. And yeah. he will have the contacts to bring certain players in. I think Stephen is stay up. I predicted Cheltenham stay up a couple of years ago when everyone was saying they would go down. Yeah. I think Carlisle are more likely uh, to to come down. Really. I'm refusing to say Carlisle will come down because I said Carlisle would go down this season and they proved me wrong and it hurt. So I'm going to say Carlisle are going to win League One in well, hopes don't. that it goes wrong. Do you know what? I hope that they don't. And I hope that we get to go away to Carlisle in August, September or March onwards because I want to have a lads weekend in Keswick and kind of combine it with the trip to Carlisle. Um, <laughs> so I'm well, I'm well up for that. Um, why don't you just get relegated and go to Barrow? Uh, there are multiple reasons why I don't want that to happen. And the main <laughs> one is going to Barrow. Um, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have been to Barrow um, and it's not... Uh, yeah. Even you know the club what? don't want to be in Barrow. That's, exactly. that's always my argument. They train him, they, they operate out of Manchester. <laughs> the club don't want to be in Barrow. So why the should we district, go? The Lake District ain't worth it. I mean, it's a brilliant place, one of the most beautiful places in Britain, but it ain't worth a weekend yeah. in Barrow. Um, I've also got an issue uh, with a couple of other clubs, a bit of second season syndrome. And you get second season syndrome with teams uh, in, in the division. Who went down this season? I think Morecambe went down, didn't they? In mm-hmm. second season syndrome. Um, and a couple that was struggled. first season. That was first season, yeah. I worry a little bit for Port Vale uh, this season. Yeah. Sixth most conceded goals, I think, last season, which you know shows that they, they, they were susceptible at the back. They struggled for form towards the end of the season. I know they got rid of Daryl Clark. I think Andy Crosby stepped up. I haven't seen anything in Andy Crosby that makes me think that he's a manager that's going to get the best out of them in League One. You know, they've got that rookie boss. They've lost some key players. Obviously, um, James Wilson, I think, hasn't signed a new deal. Matty Taylor was on loan there at the end of last season. He's not going to be there. So they're conceding goals, which they've got to sort. 
They've got to find goals up top because players that were scoring for them have gone. Um, they lacked discipline at our place. Um, they had two sent off. One was overturned, to be fair. Sammy Robinson, who I quite liked in fullback, they've released. I'm hoping that we can pick him up. Um, and when I say I fear for them, you know, I don't. I don't care whether they go down or not. But from a neutral point of view, I just look at Port Vale and think, let's put it this way, they need a big summer. I think Port Vale fans would have would have rather gone down with Daryl Clark than without him. Yeah. Um, sacking Daryl Clark for me was was just ridiculous. You know, yeah. he. You look at like the, the way that he got them up last season, based on what he was going through in his personal life as well. And I think maybe the owners and maybe the people making decisions thought that because he kind of stepped away for a bit, maybe he wasn't as involved and it was other people bringing that success. So they thought if we remove him, maybe it'll get better. But the, the, the support that he has from the, the fans, it's the same as Bolton. Like the, the fans love him and he will always be welcome back there. Um, yeah. As far as the fans are concerned, they'll always be crying out. And if, if things go wrong this season... If things go wrong this season and they had Daryl Clark and they got relegated, that would be one thing. If they're relegated this season, it could turn toxic very, very quickly. It's a shame because when you think about the Norman, what's his name, Smurthwaite, something like that, who was their yes. owner beforehand, yeah. um, and, and obviously the uh, the fans, the two supporters, whoever they were, took over and there was a real feel-good factor. They're a club that should be an established League One club. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're a decent club. They could get good fan base. They're in an area that's quite football mad. I love going to Vale Park because you've still got that. It's not a new build ground. It's not an out-of-town ground. It still feels authentic when you go yeah. there. As a football club, I like Port Vale, but you're quite right. Sacking Daryl Clark was bizarre. They came to our place. They were much better than us. Um, we had our goalkeeper sent off. It was 3-2 in the end. It was a mad game. There was three red cards in the game. Utterly crazy. They were a long way from the worst team that we had seen. A long, long way. Yeah. And, they, and, and Clark goes. I think David Flickcroft's there. He's a man I do not particularly like. I think he's the director of football there, isn't he? And I'd, I, I just, I just think that they're on, they're heading in the wrong direction. Yeah. Might be wrong. Yeah. They could have a big summer. Another club that I think need a big summer, and it's as much in who they keep as to who leaves, is Exeter City. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. I have a, an affinity for Exeter in the, my uncle, my cousin, they live in Exeter. My grandparents live there. We used to go there all the time. There was a season where Lincoln and Exeter had exactly the same kit, except the badges were different. And they had <laughs> Carlin, Bla- Carlin Black Label as the sponsor. And we had the Lincoln Echo. And I remember seeing Carlin thinking, that'd be better for us. I was about yeah. 12. I think. Um, we tussled with them in the playoffs. And our fans don't particularly like Exeter because of that, because there was some rivalry. Um, they conceded a lot of goals as well. I think it was the seventh most conceded in the division, directly after Port Vale. They showed some really poor form at the end of the season as well. They've lost a couple of players. Um, Jack Sparks has gone. I think Sam Nombi's a player that will be dropping on the um, radar of clubs over the summer, and it wouldn't surprise me to see a Peterborough United dropping in with a little bit of uh, with a little bit of a bid. That form worries me. A little bit. Mm-hmm. If I was Exeter, um, it yeah. does. We've just touched on Peterborough. Can we come on Peterborough here? Because I... I'd rather not. But yeah, go on. <laughs> Can we come on to Peterborough here? <laughs> um, because I, I have look. 
everybody knows that Peterborough are a selling club. They, they buy players that are, uh, you know, for cheap. They turn them into saleable, or they look to make saleable assets and then they sell them on, which is fine. It's a good model to have for certain clubs. But you also want to be seen as a club that can progress and a club that uh, Peterborough are an underdog side. They are. They always will be. But as things go, I don't feel that many people look at them and want them to succeed as the underdog as they should be. And that, you know, Johnson Clark Harris is the example I'm going to use. He has finished top scorer in League One this season. He will have clubs, top end of League One championship, knocking on the door for him. Peterborough have publicly transfer listed him. Why? Why? Like, he, he's, he's available. Everybody knows he's available because it's Peterborough. But showing, you know, openly saying, oh, we're gonna, we, we want to sell him. You know, we want to let him go. Please come and buy him from us. That turns them into a little bit of a, a joke, if I'm honest with you. And I, I really struggle with uh, it. it kind of started to dawn on me with the playoffs. Because when Peterborough won 4-0 in that first leg, you know, it was it was a great first leg. But you would, if they were the underdog, everybody would have been wanting Peterborough to see that through but but people didn't people wanted to see Wednesday come back they wanted to see that comeback and you don't generally you know like let's be honest when you know Bradford played Villa in the FA Cup uh, sorry in the uh, Capital One Cup and we beat them in the first leg at home everybody wanted us to see it through in the second leg because we were the underdog that's what the underdog story should be they didn't with Peterborough and I think that this is the reason why because everybody looks at Peterborough as a club that are quite happy just sitting where they are they, you know they go up they go down there's there's no change to their philosophy their style granted it keeps them afloat it does they've gone from the days where it was Barry Fry wasn't it and that's you look at that in the documentary with him an absolute nutcase of a man brilliant um so good to watch but they've gone from the days of you know going week to week and just living on what they can and they've got Dara and Dara does it his way fine but there's always talks of Dara buying my club that's he speaks so openly about how big a club he feels Bradford are and how they wasted the league to and he would he wants to see them go higher and it's always been discussed that one day when he leaves Peterborough and he's going to spend some time away from football he's tried to do it he's going to buy another football club and the talks are always that it's going to be Bradford that's fine but I don't want to be that club that just buys and sells players and just is happy to be maybe knocking on the door of the playoffs of League One maybe get a promotion every now and again get relegated down to League Two bounce up and I don't want to be seen as that. And Peterborough really, it's, it, I don't know why it really wound me up seeing Johnson Clark Harris, Harris publicly transfer listed. Well, see, that's something that they've done for years, isn't it? Whenever yeah. a player enters the last year of his contract, they put him up for sale so that they make some money back from him rather than him walking away for free. Um, it's how we signed Michael Boswick. This put Michael Boswick up for sale um, when we came out of the National League. And that's utterly ridiculous. Like Lincoln City signing Michael Boswick about six weeks after Blackman had been linked with a quarter million pound move for him. Um, they've been doing it ever since. Big Ron Manager, which I think was the documentary you, you kind of were talking about. And um, and Dara bought them after that, didn't he? He moved in after that. And ugly, that documentary and that form um, was that actually prompted us to be to head into the playoffs. We were forced up like a splinter being pushed out of the finger because Peterborough was so bad on the back of that, um, that documentary. Now, for a while, I was really envious of what Peterborough did because they would buy the best from the National League 
and they would turn those players into um, you know, really good footballers. I'm talking players like Craig McHale-Smith, like George Boyd, like Aaron McLean. Um, then they would come fishing for Lincoln players. Every time we had a good player, Peter Reunited were wanting him. Peter Gaines, Simon Yeo, they were linked with Richard Butcher. They took our manager, Keith Alexander. They took George Grant a couple of years ago. This Alex Woodyard. If Lincoln are going to sign, sell a player, it's almost always Peterborough interested. And then Teo Eden turned them down last year, which is great. So I kind of respect the recruitment model to a degree because Dara always says, I'm not going to sign a striker on loan because that's where the value is. I'll put, all, I'll put our money into a striker and we'll turn them around. And think of the strikers that they have turned around, the Brit, Asambolong, Brit Asambolongos, the Connor Washingtons, the Dwight Gales. You know, they've done really well. Johnson Clark Harris is another one now who they're hoping to get some good money for. Um, what what it doesn't upset me, what would upset me if I was a Peterborough fan, and it kind of touches and agrees on your point, is the lack of ambition and forward thinking in terms of their manager. Because they keep going back over the same ground over and over and over again. Do you want to keep attracting the best players without having to spend bigger money? What you've got to do is show a degree of forward thinking. You've got to show a little bit of thinking outside the box. Now, NK Dons did it with Liam Manning. Liam Manning did well for them at first and didn't. Eventually, we've done it with Mark Kennedy. Remains to be seen how that's going to go. Peterborough fans, I think, just, I don't know. I don't speak for them, but you don't ever want to see something different. Honestly, it's, it, it, do you know what it's like? It's like when there used to be blockbusters. I might be showing my age here. Blockbusters. It'd be like going into blockbusters and every other week just renting the same DVD because you like the film. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. coming out going, on oh, the I've same got train three. On the same yeah. three on a, on a rotation. I've got train spotting, uh, Pulp Fiction the next week. And then yeah. I don't know. I can't think of another film. Full Monte. Like. Full Monte. Yeah. Short and then going time. back to train spotting on the first yeah, one. Yeah. Train spotting again. Oh, we like that. Fuck. Yeah. And I think that that's where I really, really struggle. But you know the point. The point you make. The reason that they do it is because you know it's the last year of the contract. They want to make some money back. What's worth more to Peterborough? What they'll get for him now, or what the club will earn as a club if they get promoted? Which to me it shows that they don't believe they can challenge this season. That they don't believe that they'll be up there. Because if I believe, like they've they've just finished in the playoffs, like they should be knocking on the door of minimum playoffs and pushing on this season. But they are trying to retain Joe Ward, who, by the way, is a special footballer. I really like that lad. I I just think, in their defence, I can't believe I'm I'm going on a podcast to defend <laughs> Peterborough. Honestly, um, in their defence, I think strikers can be ten a penny. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you like Johnson Clark Harris. I saw him when he was at he was at Coventry. When he was at Bristol Rovers, mm-hmm. never never impressed me. No. And I've seen, uh, they, they beat us earlier in the season. They beat us 4-0 at their place. Mm-hmm. Jack Marriott was the best strike on the pitch. Clark Harris, uh, they beat us in the, the playoff season. No, we drew one all in the playoff season with them, I think, didn't we? Um, didn't impress me because he's just, he's, he's a Charlie White. And I might be, I might get that. But Charlie White, you put the ball on his head, he scores. Yeah, yeah. You're under pressure, you've got 10 men. And for me, that's kind of... I mean, okay, why well, defensively you can hand the ball away? I get that. But do you know what I mean? When, when there's play happening, these are the... Mo Issa's another one. Everyone raved about Mo Issa, scored loads of goals at Cheltenham. Mm. Uh, but unless you're playing for Mo Issa, yeah, you're playing with 10 men. And you look at... I mean, I'll talk about Lincoln, Ben House. Ben House scored 13 goals for us last season. But he led from the front. He pressed. He made the runs. He dropped into midfield. Yeah. 
striker like Johnson Clock Harris, you know, they'll pick another one up. Like they did Ivan Tony, like they did the Sublonga, like they did Dwight Gale. Mm-hmm. But it's like you say, it's repetitive. And I think these players, what you know, you mentioned Charlie White, and we look at Johnson Clark Harris. The, the, the way that you look at it is that you can't play through them, you have to play to them. Yeah, yeah. So you have to put the ball onto them into in an opportunity for them to score. Yeah. If you play it through them for them to try and create something for someone else, that's where the, the struggle's great. That's the weak link. Yeah, it makes you one dimensional. Yeah, makes it one yeah, dimensional because we did it. Uh, we did it when we played Sunderland in the mm-hmm. playoff semi final. Stop Aidan McGeady putting a ball on Charlie White's head. You stop mm-hmm. Aidan McGeady and Charlie White. Yeah. So you mark McGeady, and you, you, to to some degree, and okay, it's not as black and white as that. But you mark McGeady, you mark you marking Charlie White out of the game, and yeah. it, it, you know he didn't score. I don't think in those games, um, but he was a real danger in in other games. Mm-hmm. I, no, Peterborough will be in the top. 10. I don't think they were in the top six all season, were they, until the last couple of games? The end, and they, yeah. they started really well. They would they started well, then they dropped away and then they, they went back into it. When it mattered, they were never in it. You know, yeah. anyone can you know, I can we can win the first game of the season 6-0, we're top of the league. It doesn't mean anything. Um, but when it started to matter, when you get to that point of the season where play, clubs kind of settle into where they're gonna be for the end of the season, they weren't in the playoffs and um, they snuck in. So yeah, you, you I are. Suppose, right I, I suppose it could be argued that when it actually mattered, that's when they did. They were in the top six. Yeah. But I don't want to be pragmatic about Peterborough United. Um, I just, I, I just think Darren Ferguson will probably see the season out. They'll finish on the edge of the playoffs. They'll not go up. At some point, there's got to be a rethink there. The problem mm-hmm. is it when Dara goes. And at the moment, it seems a little. There seems to be a little bit of something going on there behind the scenes. I don't. I'm not yes. too well informed, but. It just feels like it might be the final days of Rome there to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot going. There's a there's a lot of infighting between the, the yeah. guys in the ownership group. Um, yeah, we can we can do a bit of digging on that. Well, look, we've we've covered League One, and I'm quite glad we have because we've missed we've kind of neglected League One. Um, so next week we'll be back to. I think next week what we're going to do is look at transfers for both leagues and what teams are are doing what. We're not going to like go into huge depth, but we're gonna we'll pick out key signings for clubs and. Um, we can talk about rumours as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen. I've, I've just mentioned. I mentioned it before. In fact, I did. I mentioned it just before we we, we came in. That it looks like Bradford are going to sign Johnny Williams. I'm delighted. Um, I didn't think that was going to happen. Let's see. Um, it's been reported in the national news. Now every reporter's picking it up and saying I was aware. Blah blah blah. I'm going to come on to that in very soon. Good character uh, but, as well. Good character, Johnny Williams. Loved him in the Sunderland till I die. I liked his personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic beard. Yeah. Well, fantastic. I'm all for that. I love a bit exactly. of facial hair yeah. on me, not on you know. Not on, <laughs> not, on, not on other people, but you love facial hair. Um, but yeah, no. Any, anything else you want to you want to bring in? Uh, well, obviously Lincoln's they've signed Alistair Smith. From Sutton, mm-hmm. I don't want to make it a Lincoln City podcast. Uh, I, we've just done League One. I haven't picked out Lincoln at either end of the table. Um, you know what? Two more half decent signings, and I'd just tag us maybe with that dark horse as well because we didn't concede many goals at all last season. Mm-hmm. We didn't lose to any of the teams that were promoted, I don't believe. We took four points from Plymouth, we took four points from Ipswich, and we drew both our games with Sheffield Wednesday. Do you know what? A couple of decent sign-ins. And here's the thing. Last summer, we were linked with Raksaki, who was yeah. Carlton. 
if we'd signed him and not Jordan Garrick and you would put 10 goals, 10 goal involvement, so 10 goals across the team, we would have been knocking on the door of the top six. If the rest of our summer signings on paper are as good as Alistair Smith, you can almost put us uh, as more likely dark horses than Charlton. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree on that. I'd love, to, I'd love to see you guys go up, I really, or, or at least be at the right end of the table. Um, I wouldn't want to be a club that kind of just sits mid-table and year on year is around that point. Um, I, you see, I, I can handle see that. You, see, you can, can because, you've, can because you've, had the neg- you've had the ultimate negative, which is the na- you've done the National League. I've been you've away in North therapy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I can, I can see why you are, you know, you are content, but there yeah. will come a time where... It gets stale. But is that um, right? Or the thing is, is it right or wrong? Because I have this discussion sometimes because the other I said the other year I would take Lincoln City finishing in the top half of League One every year for the next 10 years. I, I suppose for you that's fine, but will we are now seeing. I mean, when was it you got promoted from the National League? What was the year? 2017. Okay. So we're, we're six years, we're about to enter the seventh year since. There is a new generation of fans coming through that didn't experience what you experienced in the National League. And those that are negative and those that complain, they do it, they're, they're the loudest fans. And that's that's what I'm kind of thinking that there's gonna be for the next 10 years, if you just languish sort of mid-table, maybe top half in League One, there will be 18, 19, 20-year-olds, even up to like 23, 24, that were too young to remember the National League, but they will really start to feel that you're not going anywhere and that you're just kind of stagnating there. And that's where I feel like it can't. There's a, there's obviously a, only so much it can happen with. Um, and it'll cause divide massively yeah. amongst, amongst your fans. It will cause divide. and But I don't think that that's going to be the case with you guys. I do think you're going to push on. I really do. Um, and I hope you do. I really want to see it. We're too nice to each other, aren't we, on this podcast? No, but we thing is, we like you've mentioned it a few times. Bradford and Lincoln have got that connection, and there's always yeah. going to be that connection, and there's a respect there between the two clubs. We, I mean, I don't know if you remember the first time we ever spoke. I immediately rubbed in your face, Boxing Day 2007. Yeah, well, I remember that day far too well because that was yeah. Barry Conlon rubbing it in my face as well, wasn't it? Yeah, he came off the bench, didn't he? I think he at the very end, scored in the last minute, didn't he? To win the two last one. minute to win two one. Stuart McCall. Yeah. It was his first season. Obviously, McCall was in the squad on the day of, of the fire. Yeah. So that game probably made, meant more to him that season than any other game, and to win it in the fashion that we did. It, it was it were an emotional day, like it was a really emotional day. I think that's one of the first times I'd seen us play each other. Um, uh, yeah, it must have been because we didn't play each other in the league hardly at all mm. after '85. Yeah, um, I remember coming to your place with Peter Jackson as manager. I think we won two one. Chris Fagan might even have scored as well. It won long before Jacko was sacked. That was 2010, 2000 and. Nine slash ten. It would yeah. have been that season. It would have just been before Chris Sutton, because Jacko. Was it nine ten or was it no? I, I'm, it was ten eleven. Um, no, ten eleven was the year that we went down. Jacko won the manager then. That was Chris Sutton, and he got sacked, and Steve Tilson come in. Has to have been two thousand. Oh wait, no, no, sorry. When you're talking about Jacko as a manager, do you mean for, for us? For us? Oh, sorry. It was our manager. Jack... Yeah, yeah. Right, sorry. He came towards ten eleven. Oh, uh, okay. And yeah, he yeah. was sacked after I think six games. Okay. Um, and then Phil Parkinson came in. That's why I remember 10 11, because I remember Parkinson came in 10 11. I remember 
I remember the, one of the first games I went to that he was in charge of. Like it was that's that that stands out. And again, another cup run. Um, but yeah, no, we've always we've got that affiliation. It's always going to be there. It's hard to there'll be banter, and you know, there's going to come a day where we play each other, and it's going to be fun, and it's going to be nice to see. Yeah. Um, but there will never be a hatred between Bradford and Lincoln. It just it, it doesn't matter what anyone does; it won't exist, and it's not a rivalry that anyone can force. And look, we're not too far apart. Let's be honest. No, we're not. We're not. I mean, when did we last play? Was it the League Cup when we beat you? Uh, you was smashed it? Didn't you? 5-0 or was it the Mickey yeah. Mouse trophy where we beat you 3-0 it was one of them we don't talk about that but I'll tell you what when you... should we have a bit of rivalry with a bit of room 101 yes let's do it I'm excited because yeah. I can't afford to lose this week I was fuming last week um, I still stand by what I said but I'll, I'll, I'm going to go again this week but I'm going to let right. you go first you're going to let me go first this week yeah you won. It's only grace. It's only you know. It's fair. You won. You go first. Fair enough. In that case, my room one hundred and one entry this week, and this is the bit that Ryan clips up. So just let me do my hair in yeah. the uh, in the thing. I'll put a hat on actually. I've got my Wagner hat on. I'm I'm, I'm up for some abuse yeah. here. <laughs> so going into room one hundred and one for me this week, kids with signs begging for shirts, and it, it, it it's going to be begging in general. Um, I'm sick to death of it. Kids coming, can I have your shirt? No, buy one in the club shop. Do you know what I mean? It's, can I have your shirt? Can I have your shirt? Cardboard signs. And it plays into Hannah's a bit. I've seen tip, uh, kids in in like the away end with, can I have your shirt for home fans? And then you get it on social mm. media afterwards where the mother goes, oh, little Johnny was going to get the shirt and he missed out. And Do you know what I mean? That kind of, that, that subtle begging. Oh, I hate to see it. I, I do hate to see it. And yeah. I don't have any any reason behind it. I, I really don't. But that's not football for me. And what I, I really reasons. love, I, I love it when, when, the, when the players don't give it. I love it when they ignore the signs. And then people go, oh, he's a, he's a mean bugger because he didn't give his shirt away. No, he's not. No, he's not. And when they're coming off the pitch and they've lost a game, the last thing they want to be doing is going, oh, yeah, of course, here's your shirt. Oh, pose for a photo. Isn't everything great? No, it's not. It's a sport. It's competitive. If you want mm -hmm. a shirt, buy one. If you can't afford one, you know, I bless everybody that can't afford one. But a little Timmy who's six ain't going to wear you know, a footballer's shirt that's extra large, is he? Dad's going exactly. to stick it on eBay, on your bike, Places. in room 101. Yeah. Do you know what? My agreement on that is that I don't think people realise, especially in the lower leagues, that players can't give their shirts away. Yep. They have to buy a replacement if they give their shirt away. Um, if it gets ripped or something in a game, then that they get a new shirt. But generally, they use the same shirts. Um, they use them for months at a time, yeah. and then they might get replaced when they're looking a bit worn. Players can't give away shirts. I, you know, you know from experience with the position you did with the mascot, you get to speak to the players and have those conversations. And I've done the same. They don't allow it. They get fined for doing it. it yeah. It's it's insane that people don't realise it. The amount of people that have called me over and said, oh, can you go get Andy Cook and ask him if I can have his shirt? No, I can't. Because I'd get in trouble for doing that. You, you know, you, you just, yeah, 100% in agreement. Get Not just in room, room 101, get in the bin. Like, get gone. In the bin. And that's a special one. Just we, I don't know if he'll listen or that, but that's a special one for a Lincoln City fan called Andy Pearson, who goes apoplectic with rage whenever he sees them, which has queued so much photoshopping of Andy Pearson holding signs saying, can I have your shirt? <laughs> so that's especially for Andy. I've oh, taken shirts. I've taken signs off of people holding them and, th <laughs> and thrown them <laughs> because I think it's funny. Um, 
Just just, just to clarify, that's in the mascot suit. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit it is a bit funny. And I just think you do you know you enjoy the game. Just be there to enjoy the football. You don't need a player's shirt. You've, you, know, it's, you lose 3-0 at home and people are all kind of your shirt. Why would you want a shirt from a game you've lost 3-0 at home? Why would a player want to give that away? Maybe if you've you know, he scored a hat-trick and it's a meaningful goal and you've gone up. Last game of the season, I don't mind it because you feel, you know, if you've achieved something, players will generally give away the shirts. Um, you know, I'm going to mention a fan's name. You've just done it. Aaron Challoner. Aaron Challoner, Doncaster fan. Don't know why. Still to this day, I can't work out why. He's got a player's shorts. From this season, <laughs> Doncaster finished 18th, and he posted a picture online. I, I, I was like, "Child, what you do? Why have you got a player's shorts?" He was like, "Oh, he gave me them." I'm like, well, "You didn't just walk up and say, child do you want my shorts?'" Yeah. Like, you asked for his shorts. You've asked for his shirt. He said, "No." You said, "Well, can I have your shorts?" And you made him take his pants off. I've got Tony um, Battersby's socks. <laughs> what? The, why? Why have you? But, but what season is that? From a good season? No. No. <laughs> What are you playing? We went into administration. Oh, um, what a moment! What a memorial that to, is to for be, it, you know. To be fair, it's because I turned up to do poacher and I didn't have any socks with with poacher at the time, and I had to wear my normal trays. And it, trainers look weird, so the kit lady went and she said, "These are Tony Battersby socks. He won't need them because he's injured." And so I just kept them. That's so, that's anyway. fine. Yeah, but I didn't yeah. have a sign going. Battersby, can I have your jobs? Have your <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Posted a picture of shorts, right? Proud. I'm like, why are you proud? <laughs> You're not even washed them. They must oh, stink. Dear. Right. My room 101. And I, the thing is, I already know that you're going to put this in for me because I've planned this so well. So you guys obviously run the real EFL and you will get as if, if I'm out, if I get enraged with this, you guys must be fuming. And it is Twitter pages that claim to be in the know. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some that are in the know and we know who they are and we we'll generally pay attention to certain accounts if we know who's behind it. But when you see three, four, five accounts pop up with the same rumour, and then you look and you see that they've all posted the same rumours on the same days at the same times, and people go, oh, so many people are posting it, it must be true. No, have a bit of common sense about it. When did the account start? When was it set up? Because the most of them are set up in May 2023 for this season. They're starting it already. If they're all posting the same thing at the same time, chances are they're either the same person or they're a group of friends that are just trying to get a bit of clout. Do they have a website? It's not a deal breaker, but generally you'd hope that they had something that they could fall back on. And have they got any credibility? Have they got it right before? Um, the one for me is there's there's a few at the minute that keep posting the same things. Every single tweet they have ever put out, they call themselves an EFL insider. Every tweet they've put out is about Bradford. And I'm like, you are quite clearly a group of Bradford fans that are just posting rumours about Bradford to try and get Bradford fans in bit, a bit, you know, a little bit of clout. And you're hoping and praying that one of them is going to come off. It wouldn't surprise me if that they are the same person under different accounts posting a couple of different rumours. And if one's wrong, they stop using that one. They go with the one that's right. And they use it. The the one that got me today is a, an EFL account that has a TikTok. And this is what I mean by check the content and check how legitimate they can be. They posted online on TikTok, A to Z, every town in the UK, and the best footballer from each town. So it was like, it would say Accrington, and it would have a picture of the best player Accrington as a town. And it's not players that have played for the club, it's players that were born there. 
So first of all, and I know he don't play for the EFL or in the EFL, but they put Danny Rose, he does, Danny Rose who's just been at Stevenage, as the best player to come from Barnsley. John Stones has just won a Champions League two days ago. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the fact that they've put an EFL player in there because I think, yeah, we'll get a bit of recognition. But come on. Yeah, it'd be John Parkin, surely. The beast. <laughs> you just—it's insane. But then it goes further through, and it comes to Bradford. Sorry, it comes to Halifax. Liam Rydal, who currently plays for Bradford, best player that's ever been born in Halifax. Now, I'm not disputing that because I don't really know too many players that have been born or brought from Halifax. But the picture that they've used is Kai Brunkner, who's German, who played for Bradford in 2018, <laughs> was absolutely dreadful. Liam Rydal didn't sign for us until I think the beginning of last season or the season, sorry, the season before. Like, what? It's they, they would never play together. It's Kai Brunkner, he's German. He came from the German second division because Edin Rahic, who was our new owner who knew football, brought him in and he was absolutely dreadful. He's a running joke. This is what I mean. Club uh, these pages that absolutely claim to be in the know, check them out. And if they don't have any credibility, call them out on it. Just just do it. There's one that's currently tweeting or has been tweeting telling Bradford fans to get excited because Billy Sharp's a done deal. I can promise you now, hand on heart, Billy Sharp is not playing for Bradford City at all. I, I don't I believe that they'll have talked to him because who wouldn't? He is not coming to Bradford City. Is, uh... I am absolutely gonna put that into room one oh one without a doubt. And the only thing I can think that is even slightly worse or at least are the facilitators who retweet mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I, sometimes I cringe because, you know, you, you know when you, there's two types of fan. There's the Look at you, fan. Carnell. Yeah. <laughs> there's two types of fan. There's the fan that you can talk to in a sensible debate or understand what's what. And then there's the fan that doesn't. And yeah. the ones that don't. Somebody messaged me the other day and said, what are these Josh Vickers rumours? Josh Vickers coming back to Lincoln. But it's an EFL the insider. And, and when their bio has no capital letters in it, and mm -hmm. it says, I am an EFL insider with contacts at all clubs. How? How have you done that? Because club staff evolved so much that yeah. if you had a contact at Lincoln three years ago, you wouldn't have him anymore. No. And that, that, that's the thing. And it's like with you, like you know from, from what you do, how hard is it to get a contact at each club? It's impossible. I, and, and, and not only that, even if you have them, getting them to talk. Why would they tell somebody who's going to put it on Twitter in lowercase yeah. with incorrect yeah. spelling? Yeah, I, do, I don't get it. I, I, I have a contact at Lincoln and I get, you know, I, I get the press releases an hour or two early. Yeah, I don't find out who we're signing three weeks before. And they don't ring me on and go, oh, you know, we don't really want this to get out. But you run that Twitter account, don't you? That hasn't got anything yeah. right so far. Here's a little bit of something for you. No, in the bin, in room 101, in the bin. This is going to be a tight one this week. It is. Well, on my Twitter. DMs, my DMs on Twitter. So obviously, I'd kept quiet that I did the mascot in at Bradford. Um, yeah. Ooh, because... sorry. No, 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 no. I, I, up until recently, um, oh, okay. I'd kept it quiet um, because I didn't, I didn't want there to be people looking at like the the, the lower league look, which is my other podcast, and, and thinking that I was getting information from Bradford because I, I can hand on heart say now that the, I would say the only club in the EF or in league two that I don't get anything from is Bradford. And I don't want to get anything from Bradford. And um, my DMs are full of people saying, have you heard this? Uh, you know, what's happening at the club? Like, Why would they tell me? 
Like, yeah. genuinely, like, don't get me wrong, I speak to Ryan Sparks, me and Ryan Sparks, I send him things that I see on Twitter that I think are so outrageous that are rumours about the club. There was a shirt leak last week, and I, I said, have you seen the shirt leak? And he went, which one? And I sent him it, and he just went, yikes. And that's, that. <laughs> it, you know, that's the relationship that I've got with people at the club. I don't find things out because I want to be a supporter still. I, I still like that little bit of mystery around what's going on at my club. And... You know, I technically work there. I don't get that information. Why? Well, if I don't get that information, and there's this, you know, the ops director at the club that I speak to quite a lot, she don't get that information because she's a fan. She doesn't want it. Why on earth are they going? They're not going to tell a random EFL page that has contacts in every single every single from May, club from May 2023. Who up yeah. until then was doing the GCSEs? Exactly. Yeah. They're not at all. Yeah. Who's got everything wrong? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's room one oh one this week. And I think we both I think we both made really strong cases there. And I, yeah, it's uh but do you know what? Even if mine doesn't win, as a as a public service announcement to everyone, guys, if you see rumors, first of all, don't send us them if yeah. they aren't from so or before you send us them, check the account. Is it new? Has it got anything right? Is there anything that makes you believe that what they're saying is correct? Doesn't matter if there's four other accounts saying the same, because if they all have just been created, they're all posting at the same time, they're all connected. Don't send them. Use your common sense yeah. because there's so many things that will be going out and around. And the thing is, you already set yourself up for failure, really, yeah. or or disheartened. Like Bradford fans were, were putting together team sheets of Billy Sharp, you know, in the where where will he fit in? I'll tell you where he'll fit in, Derby. You know, that he's not going to fit in at Bradford. The Swindon fans, I mentioned on the League 2606 that I believed that Swindon should sign Ben Whitfield. And I, I, I stand by that. I think that I think Bradford should sign him, but I, I don't yeah. know whether we will. I think Swindon, Swindon should sign Ben Whitfield. He'd be an amazing player. And he, him putting the ball on Charlie Austin's head or in the box of Charlie Austin, that's a match made in heaven. Within three days, I saw seven, eight, nine people with predicted team sheets for next season, Ben Whitfield. In the thing is, best part about it, out of position, which shows that they've not even looked at who the player is. They've just heard when someone said something and gone, oh, we'll put him in. Ben Whitfield is a cam. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, I, like, I speak to Ben quite a lot, and I said, you're playing cam next season for Swindon, mate. He was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, I, don't, I, just, I said, we, we said that Swindon should be looking at you, and now apparently fans have got you playing cam. He's like, well, I'm a winger. I'm like, I know you're a winger. <laughs> um, yeah, look, we... Uh, We've gone to an hour and 15, roughly, so we've done well this week. We've done well, yeah. And I've struggled with hay fever all the way through. So if I've been sniffing, my apologies. Honestly, I didn't notice. I know you. I saw you close your window at one point. You did well. I knocked my microphone over. Um, but I you enjoyed I snacks. You enjoyed some snacks. I, I did. I, well, I did. I've had uh, an ice lolly, little blue raspberry thing. I've had um, a cookie sandwich. So it's ice cream right. in the middle of two soft cookies which were beautiful um so yeah i've i've, I've done well today um i've well, eaten I've nothing but crap i've closed the window because actually my partner's mowing a two acre field by hand with a little lawnmower ready for a marquee to go up for our wedding party um so she kind of wants me to take over <laughs> yeah well you crack on and do that um but Next week, I believe Hannah will be back, either yourself or we've got another producer who hasn't been on yet. He'll be on, maybe. We don't know yet, but we're going to we'll be back to normal next week, discussing transfers, splitting it evenly, leagues one and two. We'll be back with another Room 101. Or, should we think of a different name for it? Yeah, we'll because think of one. If anyone wants to tweet us a better name. Mm. 
Yeah. And again, tweet us your room 101s. We'll Absolutely. use them. We'll put stuff out and we'll we'll ask people what they think. And we'll or we'll see whether we would put them in. Um, but aside from that, Gary, it's been a pleasure. How do you have you it. enjoyed being a host? I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I have. I might have to yeah push myself <laughs> in, crowbar myself in a little bit more every so often. You'll be ringing Hannah's bosses and getting out of work overtime on Mondays, <laughs> won't you? <laughs> well, guys, thank you very much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll see you next week and thank uh, you. have a good week. Enjoy your hot weather. Thank you, everybody. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go. And you know what? Your mates already got booked for double dipping. But then late on, you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.